What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 186 in year four. And today we are going to talk about the worst Batman comic that I have probably read in the last few years. And I'm talking about Williamson. And I'm talking about Tynan. And I'm talking about, well, I didn't really think King had many bad things. But you know what I mean? Uh, I, <laughs> I, I mean, Snyder, the only thing I didn't like about Snyder was after the, when he did the Gordon stuff and that one Mr. Freeze episode. Um, but including all of that, basically the last decade of Batman, this might be one of the worst issues I've ever read. Clay, this is Batman Odyssey levels of bad. I, I would agree. Um, I have also commented and said that this is on the same level as Bendis on Superman. Yeah. Now Which you hate it. I, I absolutely hate it. Hated so much, by the way. Um, and I mean, again, we each hold our own opinions. We each have our own taste in storytelling, mm -hmm. right? At one point, and I know this is very toxic at one point, on an old podcast i said that bendis was a cancer to comics because of what he was doing mm -hmm. to superman and what i felt he was doing to the industry of comics this dare i say feels even worse because and i hate to admit it batman is a much more popular character than superman mm -hmm. and what Chip is doing to the character of Batman is very laughable. Yeah. In the sense of knowing where Batman is in his mythos, where he is currently in 2023, I feel like Chip is literally just degrading the character of Batman. I agree. Um, which doesn't it's weird that he's also writing Daredevil. And everybody's all like, Daredevil's in Batman and, Shadow. And I will admit, since Daredevil went back to issue number one, mm -hmm. which I believe was uh, sometime this year, um, I think it was uh, Christmas, he uh, he did the event uh, that he, I can't even remember what the event was called, but oh, it, yeah. uh, it essentially went took uh, Daredevil back to issue number one. And mainly because they just wanted more sales. That's, that's yeah. You know something that Marvel does. They they Easy go back to issue, yeah. They go back to issue number one, get people to jump on as a jumping on point, and then they move forward. Um, I've heard that it has not been as good as Ooh. the old Daredevil, but it is still good enough to mm -hmm. where people are saying, "Hey, this is like the end of an era for Daredevil." Like, go pick it up because that story is ending, mm -hmm. and uh, like again. There, there, it's kind of a trope that Daredevil and both Batman have is like yeah. something bad happens to where like the public sees Daredevil as the enemy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of heroes are going after Daredevil right now. Um, again, I have not caught up with everything, but people have been a little polarized by what the new Daredevil is kind of reading like. So yeah. I don't know if this is affecting his writing or what but i of course i'm gonna go ahead and, and read daredevil myself to see yeah. how dramatically it has changed yeah do we i mean 
I guess it would make sense. And by the way, I kind of just rushed into this podcast because we, we are on time restraints today, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go watch Mario. Uh, I hope it's a good movie because I'm uh, hearing mixed reviews. See, I have heard, well, see, I have heard from everybody uh, that uh, that it's a kid's movie. Like, you yeah, need to understand sure. that it's a kid's movie. And yeah. there's some people like Grace Randolph that's like, uh, the movie lacks depth. And uh, I'm not entirely sure where, like, she's called, she called this the worst movie she's ever seen. Oh, um, my God. Okay. Yeah. Over the Justice League? I'm surprised. No, it's it's just, like, I don't know what people are expecting. Like, mm. this isn't, like, everything everywhere all at once. This It's isn't made by like, the memes people. Are memes? What are they called? Me and minions. minions. Yeah. The memes. <laughs> the memes. It's the memes. That was the oldest thing I've ever said. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like... I don't know. I, I've heard mixed things from from people that love Mario. You know what I mean? Okay, that I okay, know, okay. like gamers and stuff like that. So some people think it's good. Some people, I mean, I I was on the fence, but I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot because I want to. I I like to give everything a shot unless I just think it's utterly like terrible, trash. Yeah, um, yeah. Because there are some things I don't want to support. I'm like, I don't want to support that. By the way, it's funny because for those of you that don't know, me and Clay switch off when we buy tickets. Clay, you might have an out of not having to buy Fast X if we go see Sisu. Because it comes out at the end of April. Oh. So that's a John Wick cowboy movie, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nazi movie, whatever it is. Uh, that yeah. movie looked fire. Uh, but anyways, so uh, moving on from that, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we, this is the only comic we have to talk about this week. So there will be no end review of comics. Um, and there are two books that came out this week, which are the two Joker books that we stopped covering a long time ago. So if you are in the you know mood to read those, go check those out. But I wanted to talk about this because... I read this book, and we're going to review it like normally. We're just kind of getting our, our initial thoughts out of the way. Uh, I read this book, and I I mean, since he's went to this Elseworld, I feel like Chip has just not even tried. Like, I don't understand it. And what is happening here is, again, he's recycling every character in a new imagination instead of like, dude, if you go to an Elseworld, this is your one chance to make a bunch of new characters if you wanted to. And yeah. doesn't do that. Recycles everything like everybody else does in comics. And dude, like, I I texted Clay. And Clay didn't read this issue for a few days. Clay usually reads it the day of. And I'm like, dude, you got to read 134. Like, you have to. Because there's this moment with Superman in there, which we'll talk about, that I was like, I need to get Clay's opinion on Dear that. God. I need to get Clay's opinion on that because he's such a big Superman guy. And I'm just like, how how is this a writer? Like, it's crazy because this... And I can say this with full, like, um, I don't know the proper word, with with my full chest. That's not what I want to say, but that's how I'm going to say it. That this feels like Chip Zdarsky wants to be Grant Morrison. Because I'm reading Grant Morrison's run right now, and that shit's wacky. Like, it's all over the place. One thing that, of course, uh, we do everything that we can to Mm. not spoil these books for our our Discord, of course. Yes. we will hype things up when things mm-hmm. are needing to be hyped and we will say, eh, we're a little on the fence about this. We'll talk more about it later, you know? Yeah. And our audience has known how on the fence we have been with Chip Zdarsky. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a listener, uh, Raphael uh, said that, Oh, I've heard some things about 134. I'm a little worried, blah, blah. blah. And I said that um, as previously said uh, today, that Chip has doing to batman as bendis was doing to superman and Mm -hmm. in saying that i mean 
Bendis wrote Superman like he created the character. Yeah. Saying, hey, I get to do whatever I want because I'm Brian Michael Bendis mm -hmm. and that name holds weight. And no matter what I do, people are going to love it. And that is what Chip is doing. Chip is writing Batman as if it is his character, as if there is no 80 years previously yeah. of the character's uh, 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 what's what's the phrasing I'm looking for? Um, uh, just just like, the fact that, legacy. Like, yeah, there is no legacy. There is no there is no like prior work experience mm -hmm. for Batman, and Chip is literally just saying, "Hey, I created this character in freaking 2023, yeah. so everybody will just know that this is Batman from now on." Yeah, and I I had told Raphael. Uh, because again, we weren't spoiling anything, but I said that there is creative liberties that Chip is taking mm -hmm. that no one should be allowed to take. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. I because I I think there's there's things in here that like not even some of our favorite writers mm -hmm. could get away with. Yeah, whatsoever. King could not do what happens in this book, like. It's ridiculous. And King, go he pushes the line. Like, you know what I mean? But there's mm -hmm. just something that happens in this book. I'm thinking we're both talking about the very end of this issue that are just like, what? Um, there's a lot of what's in this book. Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, which I do want to point out, since that conversation with Raphael, y'all both had two different perspectives, which I thought was very interesting. And I could I could see both of them. You're saying, you're saying how he treats it as he wrote it. Raphael is saying that um, he gets the impression that uh, Zdarsky is just trying to please everybody before him. Like he he wants to put in something from every audience. He wants to put in something from Tynan's, Williamson's, Snyder's. He it's funny that he mentioned everybody but King because King is so divisive. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, we're not going to touch King stuff, but everybody else. My thing is, is if I I think we can say safely say that Scott Snyder is one of the best Batman writers for his run, right? Just yes. his run solely, not after, because after is very questionable. But yeah. I think his run, a lot of people can say he's one of the best Batman writers. Even though you might not agree everything that happened in his book. I don't. I think Alan, uh, Alan Moore's uh, Joker origin is better than Snyder's, although Snyder's is terrifying, which mm. I think I really enjoy. I can appreciate both. Uh, his Mr. Free is fucking terrible. Throw that in the trash, fart on it. I don't care. It's dumb. But everything else, Really good. I like the zero year story, Batman fighting Riddler. Like he he was just dropping bangers and his new characters worked too. Yeah. Um, so like I thought it was cool. But so with that, with we know Snyder like bringing in this new era of Batman, there's no reason to go back to Morrison. There's no reason to go back to Frank Miller. They had their time and a new Batman has been established. So why would you why would you want to do what Grant Morrison did? You know what I mean? Like now, I understand this because I am going to be a um, a statistic of this. I guess I don't know. There's probably better phrasing. Which today I feel like we're just missing all the phrasings. It's early. It's really early. Um, but I will more than likely reference a lot of Tom King stuff if I ever mm -hmm. get to write Batman because that was one of my favorite arcs. I'll also re re reference Scott Snyder because I really enjoyed his arc. But I think Zadarsky, King, Snyder, all of these people grew up on Morrison, right? Because Morrison wrote for like eight years or some shit. Like he was Batman. Yes. I mean, I, I think that a lot of them uh, were 
with the OG, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Neil Adams, mm-hmm. and um, oh shoot, who was the other unfortunate? Uh, uh Daniel, Donald, Donald, Donnie O'Neill, is it? Donnie yeah, 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 uh, Danny, Danny, Danny O'Neill, yeah, those were the OGs, and so yeah. I think that's what they grew up with, mm-hmm. um. And of course, yeah, you're absolutely right. There was a long period of time where Morrison was taking over as Batman. Yeah. Um, I mean, his run led him to then follow up with, uh, well, I think it was Justice League and then uh, Batman. But I, mm-hmm. I may be getting confused. But he did have a long period of time where he was influencing yeah. Batman and a lot of other heroes. I think he's so, the longest tenured writer, if I'm not mistaken, for Batman. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think everybody like it's one thing to reference your favorite writer, it's one thing to try to be your favorite writer. And there's a reason why you shouldn't try to be like somebody else because you're gonna fail. They are them. We you are not. We we did talk about this in Tynan's run because mm-hmm. we felt that there was uh a lot of similarities to what Tynan was trying to do with Batman, yeah, uh with uh Snyder's run. Mm-hmm. um a lot of similarities there uh so so we've had experienced this before i just think after today's issue uh technically this week's issue um it's just a bit jarring for what chip is trying to do with batman yeah. i think we've mentioned this a few times on the podcast but he surpassed tynan in bad batman right uh yes we've we we said it last issue yeah um yeah. this this one takes the cake though yeah um this cements just, it like he's just got a golden of, statue just because there is something that happens in this issue which we will be talking about yeah let's um, just dive into it i mean let finish your point sorry but well I'll, I'll i'll just say that it, there's something that happens at the end of this issue that we've both kind of been alluding to mm-hmm. that you can't take back and yeah. if you do then you have said, oh, this story is for nothing. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to do it for the jarring aspect. Um, yeah. And then I will do comic book shenanigans to throw it all away. Yeah. Like, like, and that's not what I want from m- one of my favorite characters, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I agree. So, so since we don't have other comics to go through, we can actually kind of do a page by page with this, which is nice. Uh, and this is one of our major topics for the podcast anyway. So we're going to go ahead and go through this. So the book starts off, well, for us, we get all the ultimate covers. And I got to say, the only reason this book is selling is for um, Art Germ's covers. He has an amazing cover of uh, Punchline this week. Um, yeah, I believe that this whole arc has Art Germ covers. Yeah, which I'm assuming that's why they're selling, because Art Germ sells. <laughs> he's, I think everything he's been on sells better, right? Like Wonder Woman, or I don't think he yeah, did Wonder it, Woman. I think he did Superman, uh, Supergirl, and Catwoman. And I will say it's very it's very weird that Art Germ is on a Batman cover. Like we've mm-hmm. talked, I think we talked about this before. Um, I think when the arc first started, yeah, because usually Art Germ is usually there to help sell a book that is kind of in trouble, yeah, uh, in 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 sales. So to see Art Germ on a Batman cover is very odd, yeah, because I can almost guarantee. That if I look at the sales of Batman, it's still probably going to be one of the best-selling books, and it's yeah. not because of Art Germ. It's just yeah. because it's Batman, you yeah, know? For sure. 
So, okay, we're going to go through this book. Uh, page one opens with where the last issue ended. Batman is talking to Selina. And they just kind of have this conversation of, like, I know who you are. Like, you're a good person at heart. Go save people or whatever he's saying. And Batman swings in to the Batcave, which is Arkham, is now Arkham yeah, or whatever. It's the Arkham Caves. Yeah. yeah, the Arkham Cave. And we go through seeing a bunch of different people. We see like uh who is it? Who's his first Lex Luthor is it? Lex Luthor is one of the inmates. The second one, I think, is really weird because again, we saw in one of the previous issues mm -hmm. the red mask had speedster type of energy. Yeah. Uh and 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 sock catwoman, mm -hmm. but Bruce sees that Barry Allen is here, and it's a very weird barry allen that he's yeah. already he's almost like pure energy and he's like vibrating he's like dr manhattan yeah, yeah like essentially yeah um so yeah so we see that barry and he, i guess he can't control his powers right so he's stuck in a box um and then red mass shows up and i just don't really i mean we we found out that batman can just see a face and be like that's joker you know what i mean which yeah. there's no precedent for that really previously i mean i guess you can make an argument for it i'll say you can make an argument for it but there have been plenty of times when batman has been face to face with another joker and who's in disguise and he's like he's shocked by it he's like oh you're joker oh. you know what yeah. i mean so i think this was just kind of weird so we see red mask take his mask off and he's like oh you're bruce wayne yada 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 and then we find out the origin of him he was like a billionaire corporate guy but he wanted to, you know, kind of do more and more. He was in the labs and he basically gets Barry Allen. He gets hit with some magical chemistry stuff and becomes the Flash. This is very odd to me because so in several different reiterations of the origin mm -hmm. of Barry Allen, um, lightning was never really involved at one point yeah. uh, in the in the first origins of of Barry Allen getting his powers whereas later on when it got more sciency and in in sci-fi-ish it was the lightning bolt mixed in with all the chemicals that eventually spilled on to Barry Allen that got him his powers mm -hmm. here it just looks like there's some chemical reaction that he that explodes in front of him he is engulfed in like this red smoke and then he says that while this is happening, he gets a multiversal vision yeah. of who he is in other Earths. And he sees the Joker and he's like, oh, that is the peak of what I can be. Yeah. That's what I want to be. And I just it's it's very odd to think like, oh, I want to be the Joker. So mm -hmm. I'm going to dress not like the Joker. Yeah. I yeah. don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. And then he goes on. He was like, I want to live in a world like I don't I'm tired of limitations, yada, yada. And he traps Batman in a, basically like a bubble. He traps him in a bubble. And of course, Batman being Batman, which this is a very Batman thing to do. He already has like a way out, right? He's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and explode this building because I need to get out of here and I need to stop all this gas from going. And he starts calling Selena and the, I already forget the other Robin's name, who, who's going to be Robin. Uh, um, Jewel, I think. Yeah. Is so uh, they're like, yeah, get out of here. You know, you're the best. Uh, go do what you do. And Selena's like, hmm, should I do this? You know, and just deciding if she helps. 
as he's running out of this tunnel chasing after Red Mask, the first thing that made my eyes roll to the back of my head happened. Because when you turn the page, it's fucking Ghostmaker. And I'm but just like... He's not named Ghostmaker in yeah. here. He is named Ghost Breaker. Ooh, so <laughs> different. And he's got the he's got glowing marks on him this time, and no sleeves, Clay, because that means you're Be- cool if you don't have sleeves. Because again, what they what they mention is that he is hyped up on uh, Venom Juice. Yeah. That's like the big thing in this universe that every every villain is hyped up on Venom, uh, and. Again, it's just another eye rolling thing, just because it's something that we absolutely hated in Tynan's run. Mm-hmm. Like he does mention, like, oh, Ghostmaker, he's like my best friend, yeah. and, and like all of this other stuff. And I just, if you want to push this narrative that Ghostmaker was or is Batman's best friend, mm-hmm. we need those stories to convince yeah. us that they are best friends, and they still just want us to accept it. They're not going to they don't feel like they need proof of it after 80 years of no Ghostmaker. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's his best friend. Like, you yeah. just accept it. Like, yeah, right. That's that's people just become best friends all the time. Yeah. Uh, it has more of a story of why he's his best friend. Exactly. So, like, I I rolled on that. Um, the whole Venom thing, whatever. Um, and then what ends up happening is. Uh, Ghost Breaker throws his sword and stabs uh, Batman in the shoulder and Batman's like oh well I, I'm kind of stuck I can't move my arm or anything oh what am I going to do I'm going to push the sword back out through my the back of my shoulder and he like stands and he fights he, like he's ready to fight um, and again I guess this is uh, a little bit of a callback because we never got confirmation but I think this is Chip confirming it mm-hmm. that uh ghostmaker was in fact the individual that was training with him in that uh gotham uh what was the book that chip was writing i can't oh, remember gotham before i don't know what the fuck it's it, called it, it's the it origin sucked. of bruce wayne yeah, yeah it, it was garbage. it was it was the bruce wayne training and everything but there was a character in there that we weren't yeah. sure if he was ghostmaker or not i think this confirms it yeah um yeah. So uh, also, uh, Ghostmaker being or Ghostbreaker being Ghostmaker uh, said, "Oh, I've needed a challenge, so I'm glad you're here." And like, basically, I beat everybody's ass, so you should yeah. be a worthy foe. And so they start fighting. Uh, they do a little bit of sword play, and then Ghostbreaker just spears him off a waterfall. And of course, they fight as they're falling down. Um, Batman grabs onto some wire, or maybe he sh- oh he shot a grappling hook actually. And that's what saves him. And Ghostmaker calls out all of these people. Because I guess he doesn't want a challenge anymore. He's like, oh, I got to win this. I can't win anymore. And he presses a button and all these inmates get released. And there's one very specific one that stands out because it's Clark Kent with glowing red eyes. Yeah, now, I'm going to let you take this over because this is your favorite character. You see, because uh, Ghostbreaker says, uh, I've got even a special permission for a work release program. You see all the uh, the inmates come running out and they're like, kill the bat. But here's the thing. How would they know who the Batman is when there was never a Batman in this universe? Yeah, that's like the one thing that that kind of confused me. And that's when Bruce Wayne is like, oh, no, it can't be. It's Clark. It's a rogue Superman. And you see Clark with the glowing red eyes 
he says kill him and batman's like oh man uh uh we'll all be killed if this rogue superman goes crazy uh but you're not bruce wayne to him you're not his friend you're batman uh and batman feels no fear yeah. do the voice roll the eyes and you see bruce batman close his eyes for a second yeah roll his eyes to the back of his head and yell out i walk as a man but i am your nightmare and i i'm guessing that it's like some scary-esque like batman voice yeah clark completely superman completely guilt like goes out of it like his yeah. red eyes disappear he's like you, you oh, oh, oh no yeah. he flies off <sighs> when i saw this i was like clay's gonna be pissed dude he zadarsky must hate superman Superman has been punked this whole run. This I I told you when when I read this that I stopped reading. Yeah, I put this down. Yeah, um, I don't blame you. And I sat there for a good hour doing other things. Mm -hmm. Like I can't believe that really happened. And I yeah. texted you and I said that Chip writes Batman like it's a four year old. Who wants to be Batman? Yeah. Like yeah. this scene in particular was like. Who's also a wrestling fan. Because that's clearly like, the Undertaker. It's like, I, I'm Batman, guys. I'm yeah. going to do this deep voice. And oh, like, I'm, I'm, I got really scary eyes. And yeah, I'm Batman. And yeah. It's like. <sighs> it's it's bad. Because like, I mean, the, the rolling the eyes thing where he's like, nightmare. Is uh, a majority of the page. Like the bottom left corner, at least. And yeah, it's just a Superman. Like he's it like is oh, the most the... cringe thing yeah. I have read in it's a totally very terrible. long time. Yeah, I I was just like, how do you do that to Superman? How do you okay that? Like, it, what happened to like we need to protect our main characters? Like, he's just like, oh, you they're just they're obviously let him do whatever he wants. It feels like. And I think, unfortunately, that's what a lot of people get to do with Batman because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, well, we know that you do great things over with this title. Yeah. So and it's selling like crazy. We want you to be on Batman and mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want. Like, yeah. Now, of course, there are certain limitations. I, I will go ahead and say that I, I don't think they will let him do whatever he wants. Yeah, you can't you can't let him get married. <laughs> yeah. But uh but this, I, I don't understand what his pitch was. Yeah. When he's like, oh, yeah. And then Batman is going to scare the shit out of Superman with just his voice. Yeah. This is like early night, like late 80s, early 90s, bad comic. I don't know how we're in 2023 and a book like this is coming out. Yeah, because he's right. OK, again, he's writing like something like Grant Morrison would do, but in modern day like storytelling where it's by arcs. Right. Because Grant Morrison was all over the place. If you ever go read that book, like his his Batman is crazy. I've literally seen people on Reddit be like, so how am I supposed to read Morrison's run? Because they probably if you pick it up, like if you don't read it chronologically, it's confusing as fuck. 
Yeah. Because he just jumps all over the place. One minute he'll be dating this girl, and then there's this random bunch of other Batmans that he's fighting, and then he's like in a hole for ten days, and you're just like, well, what, what's going on? And then like Tim Drake's there, and Damien just shows up, and then Damien dies, but he didn't really die, and you're just like, huh? Like what is happening? And so it, it's it's crazy. Um, but I think Zadarsky's like, all right, I want to do his type of crazy, but with linear storytelling. Like that's what I'm gonna do. And maybe he thinks it's good. It's not. We do see this. Batman runs away after he scares the hell out of um, Superman. And he goes to an area because he needs to pull this lever to stop all the gas that's being released in to scare people. And, of course, Ghostbreaker's Ma- Ghost there. He's like, I'm ready mm-hmm. for our last duel. Uh, we get a bunch of uh, just random panels of the city going crazy. And, you know, people are fighting the cops or whatever. Selena's got a mask on. She's kind of directing everything. We see Alfred talking to um leslie Tompkins, he's like come home and she and she's basically like, a bitch i got impatience like oh, fuck you like i'm gonna help like, these people and he's like, like the okay. city's in danger yeah and this is very weird because like the, in a in a very quick moment it almost seems like alfred is very selfish mm-hmm. and again like chip is writing these characters completely different than what they are i understand that it's another universe but like it just felt odd for him to want to write Alfred like Alfred usually is mm-hmm. several issues ago uh, when this Bruce went, you know, met him for the first time and now writing Alfred like this again, I feel like a vast change in character yeah. from who he, from what he was writing previously. Yeah. So like there's a wish wash thing that he's doing that isn't consistent. Mm-hmm. Should I say? And it, it does bother me a little bit. Oh, and I think it's still gonna it's gonna be even more consistent because I feel like Alfred's probably gonna save the day in the next issue to be yeah. like, oh, you are Bruce Wayne or whatever. And we're gonna get to that and why he would be saving the day. So um, we see the the showdown between Ghostmaker and and Batman, and he's all like, oh, why do you have a sword? Can we not do this hand to hand? And so they start you know karate chopping it up, and they're all fighting. Batman uh, basically breaks his mask and he's like, yeah, I won. Let me put my hand on this lever so I can save the day. And while he's doing that, we as he's pulling the lever down, because it's an eight panel page, we see Ghostmaker grab a sword and you just hear shink and it's a red panel. And then, of course, because they got a cock tease every time they cut to red mask talking to fucking punch super uh, buff punch line. And um Wait, yeah, and then at the end of that panel, we see that Bruce got his hand cut off. Play completely off. It's still on it, the lever. It's, it's it's not like one of these things where it's like, oh, I moved my glove and like yeah. you cut off the glove. No, it's his actual hand. He is bleeding. He has been Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he no longer has a hand. Yeah, this isn't a different character or anything. This is our incontinuity Batman. Yeah. He can't just grow another hand. Yeah. Zadarsky might make it happen, though. You know? <sighs> Lazar- like, you know he's going to find, like, some Lazarus pit, like, health spray or something. Like, and that's That's not how the Lazarus pit works. You can't just put your hand inside a Lazarus pit and grow a new hand. Like, I think we can make an argument for that, though. Because I think Rachel Ghoul has been, like, torn in half before, and they he's come back i don't know i could be wrong maybe it's changed because we've learned that uh williamson just recently not williamson um uh oh my god 
Taylor uh, put Batman in a cave in the Lazarus pit and he came out okay when he's supposed to be going crazy. So people have been have a lot of liberties with the Lazarus pit. So I don't want to go that far, but I wouldn't put it past him. Um, but I would agree. It shouldn't just grow back things. It should bring you back from life. It shouldn't grow back yeah. things. But, um, but then again, I don't know. It, it, we'd have to do more research on the Lazarus pit, to be honest, because yeah. I want to say that they've probably put ashes in there before. So who knows? But anyways, uh, we're going to talk more about the hand thing. But the, the issue ends with there's an army of man bats that are going to terrorize the city now. Uh, which I don't care. I don't care. Um, you scared off Superman, made him look like a super little bitch. And you also cut off Batman's hand. Clay, you've read some of The Walking Dead, right? Or you know what The Walking Dead is, right? Yes, yes, yes. The creator of that, which uh, Robert Kirkman, I think is his name, he said one of the worst decisions he ever did was cut off Rick's hand in the comic because going forward, it, he had to write him with one hand. It li- it had limitations to the character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, ag- again, like, you can you can say, like, oh, you know, the obstacle is only as hard as you you make it right um but honestly like again you can you can luke skywalker this you can anakin skywalker this they get a robotic hand in Mm. the star wars universe but like you have to remember to do that from here on out now again i literally typed in uh can lazarus pits and google then created what the most generated answer uh, or most generated question is before i could even finish typing and Uh it was can the lazarus pit regrow limbs oh so uh people have asked this on reddit and it says people also ask can the lazarus pit restore limbs Uh, according to um what article is this this is uh the stack exchange i have no idea uh questions it says uh Lazarus pits repair any damage done to the body and magically reinitialize the life force as long as your body isn't too damaged, decayed, or suffering from terrible brain injuries. Here's the thing, though. I'm pretty sure Raish has been like a zombie before and been put in there. Yeah. So, like, I think it depends on how old that article is because you got to account of all the times he's been used after that. This is 2011. Oh yeah, this in the last twelve years, That's, yeah, yeah, twelve, twelve years. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's it's just a such a freaking weird choice, man. Why, yeah. why do this? Like again, um, I understand the you know, hey, I'm gonna make this very dramatic. Like, all oh, Batman loses a hand, yeah. But for again. This is I I feel like we've seen this in a lot of comics. I think even Tom King has done this before. Mm-hmm. Like making a choice just for the jarring effect, just yeah. to have it undone by the end of the story. Yeah, I agree. If you do that, then I know that your storytelling has no consequences. Mm-hmm. And that is not something that I thoroughly look forward to when reading comics. Yeah. King's most, uh, I think the, the two that stand out the most to me are Batman popping his broken back into place. That was, I was like, okay, so that's very comic booky. It's not <laughs> yeah. a great thing to believe. 
And then obviously Superman killing him, right? I yeah. will say those two things aren't as jarring as this, right? Because when the Superman thing, he punched him in the face and you're like, okay, at that point, when you see the panel of like Bruce's face all like destroyed, you're like, okay, that could have just been like a really bad punch. You know what I mean? But then it's the dialogue after like, oh yeah, he died. I know we brought him back. And it's just, it, you pass it over and you're just like, oh, wh- did they just say he died? Like, what the fuck? This is like focusing on it. You know what I mean? It's like hand cut, panel, blood, reaction. And it's just like very jarring. Um, I think we talked about it recently with uh, with the possible baby brother situation with Thomas Wayne, right? Or Thomas Wayne being, um, you know, what's his name's uh, son, and yeah. that you pass it over. It's like, oh, the wait, that that could be a thing, but it's not as jarring because some people don't even know about it. I'm surprised CBR didn't pick up on that because they like to write anything about Batman. And so um, I think it's just something a lot of people pass over where this is just like, again, as you said, how do you come back from this? I don't, I don't see it. We could talk about the Tim Drake story that has been better than this whole book at the back, but nothing happens in that story either. He meets his mom in the time stream or whatever. And he's like, mom, they have a heart to heart conversation. And he fucking goes back into the time stream. Yeah. He, he, he meets a different version of his mother. Yeah. Um, And like, they do have a heart to heart. It's okay. It yeah. wasn't anything that we had read before where it's like, oh man, this is really great. I yeah. guess this is just another one of Chip's duds, mm-hmm. but it still has potential. And that's yeah. what that's what we were talking about in the sense of like maybe these like really amazing writers that are, do well with other characters. Now, mm-hmm. I will I will say this. Daredevil at one point was never the S tier character that he is currently. Yeah. I think that definitely uh, there was several uh, writers that made him into the S tier character that people love daredevil to be Mm -hmm. chip just because he wrote daredevil doesn't mean mean he needs to be on an S tier character. Yeah. I think that he did well with that type of character and you should what gradually move him up to yeah. that type of character when moving over to the DC universe. I think it would have been smarter if they had said, Hey, you're gonna do Batman the Outsiders. Mm-hmm. Work with Batman, but also with other characters within the DC universe and the Bat family to kind of get a taste of what he could do with those characters. Yeah. And then okay. You can do an annual of this book, an annual of that book, a mini series here. Gradually get him up and have people want him to be on Batman. Mm-hmm. Don't just like because again, the very stereotypical uh, line that people say, "Oh, Daredevil is, is red Batman." Like yeah. that's all. That's all he is. Same thing with Moon Knight. Oh, that's white Batman. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I I think that going forward. I, I know DC, if you're listening to this, I don't know uh, if you've lasted the 39 minutes that we've been recording because yeah. of, of, of our opinion here on uh, Batman 134. But if you are and anybody who is, uh, I think in the future, when you're looking at writers for Batman, yes, you want the top tier of writers. But maybe like, again, work them up, gradually yeah. get them to that point. 
because again, I think a lot of these other heroes need to be put on a pedestal also because they do have potential. Yeah. I think this Tim Drake thing had a lot of potential. I think it still does. Like this whole idea of going through the multiverse to try to find Bruce because he is like a father to him. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that holds a lot of weight and there's a a lot of possibilities with that. Like it even teases at the end of the story, like a whole bunch of different Batmans. Um, You have the vampire Batman. You have uh, freaking uh, Batman uh, Gaslight. You have uh, Russian Batman from freaking Red Sun. Uh, You have the 80s smiley Batman. (laughs) And then you have freaking uh, Batman from Kingdom Come. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that you have a lot of uh, uh, opportunities here to have Tim Drake like be able to uh experience some of the things that he wanted to experience with batman with like a different batman and learn from that and then when he finally gets to the canon batman like Mm -hmm. you see him grow much like more as a character and i think that would be kind of cool and i hope chip has like that kind of like writing style for tim in the future because we've liked the story with toy maker Mm -hmm. uh since it started so I think yeah. again, I, I think Chip may need to be off Batman and just on a smaller character. Yeah. And and not as again, I, I'm not gonna be like, you're demoted, even though I want to. It's just like, hey, maybe your strength is somewhere else and not with Batman. Yeah, and I will say, because I, I agree with you that writers should be tested, but you could make an argument that they did test him out because he did that horrible story in Urban Legends. And then he did the horrible before Batman story. Yeah. And now he's this. And so like they could be like, oh, you're doing great. We want you on Batman. I like, I don't know. I mean, I think I think he got the job solely based off his Daredevil run. Um, I think that is why he got the job. But I I have never seen him write something good that's Batman. He had like that, like two pages in the urban legends where Batman was walking through the street and he was terrifying the people with his shadow. That was the best thing he's ever done. Yeah. Because everything else is just kind of like, oh shit. Um, it's garbage. But yeah, Zdarsky is probably definitely at the top of my list, if not one of the top three to top five worst writers I've ever read. For the amount of time he's been on Batman, definitely top three for sure. Um, probably holding my top list because I haven't read a lot of Neil Adams. Um, I've read the Odyssey and the Odyssey is one of the worst books I've ever read. Um, but it's just like, at least Neil Adams has a Batman legacy, right? Like he's done some really important things in the Batman universe. Uh, but Zdarsky hasn't done that. Zdarsky has tried to change so many things. Like he had Batman shoot somebody. Like he had Batman's greatest dream be to kill the Joker. Uh, and now he's got chopped off his hand. Uh, like if if somebody wanted like you know how those weird like sports docs come out like 30 years after like a legendary moment or a crazy moment if they had them for comics i wouldn't be surprised if in like 30 years we find out that zadarsky was a spy for marvel and we're like we want you to go ruin batman like we're gonna not give you an exclusive contract 
but we want you to go over there and ruin their best character to help ourselves. Like if Kevin Feige <laughs> came out and was all like, I got a just t- top secret job for you. This this was the tinfoil hat conspiracy yeah. theory for Bendis. Okay. You know, when he when he came in and he was writing as, as horribly as he was for Batman. Yeah. Uh when he did that Superman. event Leviathan. Uh, yeah, Superman. When he did Well, he did write event- Batman technically. So yeah, you're not wrong. When he did that event Leviathan thing, everybody was like, yeah. What is this? Like, what's going on? Why is Bendis here? the whole thing with justice league and guys like let's just admit again i think it's going to be a little bit harder Mm -hmm. um because he is on batman but after gosh it it did take a while after i think three years um Mm -hmm. two and a half years bendis is nowhere to be seen at dc yeah so Uh, i don't i don't follow him because he did block me on instagram um i don't follow him on twitter <laughs> oh, yeah. i wouldn't do that uh, uh he, but i will say i don't know man like he's probably just talking about spider-verse 2 right now right if anything because that's yeah all i mean about. there was the the announcement that he was helping hbo max develop a uh legion of superheroes tv show mm-hmm. um but now that james gunn is a part of everything and making his new dc universe i don't know if that's going to still be a thing yeah yeah, I don't. I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. Um, definitely one of the worst Batman issues I've ever read. I do think Zdarsky needs to be off the thing. But I, I would. The only thing I appreciate about Zdarsky right now is, unfortunately, the next issue is going to be issue nine hundred, the legacy issue of Batman. Yeah. So I have a hundred issues to get on Batman. But if Zdarsky stays for the next few years, that gives me years to get into the game. So, because he's dropping one a month. So, I got, at the current moment, if we go to Batman once a month for the next, you know, what is it? Fucking, there's 12 issues a year, that would be. So, yeah, I would have a solid seven years or something like that, if my map's yeah. correct. Um, so, sure, why not? But uh, for anybody that doesn't get that reference, I said that I want to write on Batman 1000. Uh, and Tom King responded to it. He was like, can't wait to get my copy. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I still kind of want to get on that. So I need to, I kind of need to hurry up, but I don't mind this taking forever. Unfortunately, the, the next issue is an oversized issue and we couldn't yeah. even stand 20 pages. Yeah. So the oversized issue is obviously going to close out this story. Uh, we will have better art. Jimenez is coming back. Yeah. Jimenez so... is coming back. Um, it's going to be very interesting to, like see where we go from here again like we said like you can't just but you also can Mm -hmm. just ignore the fact that batman is missing a hand or like completely retcon and or fix it within the next issue or so yeah like i maybe that's the thing on this universe the the lazarus pits uh regenerate within seconds you know um and so that way Boom! Just put his wrist in the in the Lazarus pit. Boom. He could Resident Evil eight it, or he just puts it back on and connects. Oh God! You know? <laughs> could do that. Dude, uh, I remember us playing that game. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, that shit was crazy. <laughs> um, you know what could happen? And I, I, I could definitely see Zadarski doing this on Twitter at one point. He mentioned that he wants Batarangs to be able to return to him. Right? He wants yeah. to be able to do that. What if he gives him a mechanical hand that shoots batterings? A mecha- so basically a utility a utility hand. 
Yeah. So instead of having to rely solely on the belt, oh god, I could totally see that. And then like within the next arc or something, or like two arcs from now, the belt gets taken from him, and he's like, "Oh, I got a secret weapon." And yeah. like everything that he would have had in the utility belt is actually in his hand now. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, like one finger will be a lock pick. The other finger will be a blaster. The other finger will be like change if anybody needs any. Like it'll just be like Inspector Gadget. It'll just all be, you know, what he has. <laughs> and then he, a propeller can come out. Yeah, a propeller comes out and he can fly around with the hand. Like he just does everything with it. Um, and he'll just talk about, oh, it's, uh, you know, they'll just make up some bullshit. It'll be like it's got um, mother box technology in it. So he can just teleport everywhere he wants to go. You know, well, we can't put it past Sadarsky at this point. Like yeah. this book is so bad. Um, yeah, uh, that's it for comic reviews, ladies and gentlemen. That was uh, I hate Zdarsky. I don't really hate him. I just think he's a fucking terrible Batman writer. I don't think he's a terrible writer. I think he's a terrible Batman writer. Batman writer, and we can yeah. say that for a lot of people. Um, but definitely at the top of my shit list for Batman. I wish we could drop this book, but I feel like it's just a part of the segment. We have to, even though yeah. it's so bad. Uh, but let's go on to uh, knockout viewer questions now, and we'll dive into all the entertainment news. Okay. So first up, we got uh, stuff in the Batman News Weekly Discord. Uh, we got Bats. Why do you think George Lopez's character called Batman a fascist in the end of the Blue Beetle trailer? That's something we haven't talked about. Uh, the Blue Beetle trailer came out, and it looks pretty cool. It was fire. I absolutely love this trailer. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, like, oh, it's nothing, like, super special. It's nothing yeah. crazy. Um, I know that you reacted to it on your reaction channel. Uh, it, go go watch his reaction. Now, it is more of a breakdown because you did see yeah. the trailer previously I watched and it. you were breaking it down. Yeah, uh, while well, I was at a doctor's appointment. I was like, oh, okay, why not? So, <laughs> But uh, it's 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 great man um at, but at the end uh we do see the crazy uncle um yeah. george lopez's character um i think it was uh jaime reyes in the like beetle cave or the yeah. uh, beetle whatever um he says oh it's kind of like batman's stuff you know and that's when george lopez is like batman's a fascist and then the trailer ends um i think that we both said in the discord because mm -hmm. i i can't remember if it was rafael or somebody else rafael that, didn't like it yeah that said that he didn't like that uh george lopez calls him a fascist and i said that uh ironically uh that the stereotype for low-income families and and i know that's assuming but you need to understand jaime does come from a not like a rich neighborhood and yeah. it's, it's he's he's not like flourishing in life he's just kind of just like a low income normal kid um that these a lot of these people look at the government and they're like oh everybody's a fascist you know yeah, yeah. um so it's it's very stereotypical we have relatives the, like that exactly so we relate to this movie big time very very much um and you made a good point in stating that the uh, the idea that not everybody loves Batman within the universe of DC um, is something that should be realistic, yes. right? Because it's not like our world where it's like, oh, Batman's like the greatest superhero ever, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Sh there should be people like that as well within the universe, mm. but there should be people that don't like him because of who Batman is like in universe, like yeah. honestly. Um, 
And so I think it, it totally makes sense uh, for people to not be on his side. Uh, I'm not saying that George Lopez's character is like a criminal and that's why he uh, should not like Batman. Yeah. But for the sake of like, oh, you look at somebody who does have that kind of power, who is in the Justice League, and you're going to assume, yeah, he's totally a fascist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you can go just look at the history of the word fascist. You know, they use child labor, all that kind of jazz, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, historians, mm -hmm. feel free to correct me. But you could just make that argument right from looking at Batman. He uses kids to fight crime. Like, like, oh, that's kind of, kind of fucked up. Because if, if you really saw somebody using kids to fight crime in real life, you wouldn't be okay with it. You'd be like, bro, what are you doing? Like, no matter how awesome the kid is, right? Mm -hmm. But like, you'd be like, that's a child, man. They should be doing child shit. Um, not fighting adults. So yeah, I I didn't have a problem with it. I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was a good thing. I know Raphael said he didn't like it. He felt like it was an easy joke. Um, and which I totally understand. I mean, I think there are times like, I think a lot of the stuff that happens in Marvel is cringe, but I understand that it works for Marvel because that audience is like, yeah, not everybody is like us on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, not everybody's hypercritical of a lot of things. People just go to the movies to have a good time. Yeah. And that's probably what this Mario movie is going to be just a good time for a lot of people. I might dislike it because of the voices I don't like. That might be like, oh, it sucks. But I mean, it has a lot of pretty cool stuff that I want to see because I like I grew up on the game. So I might be like, that was dope. That was dope. And maybe the jokes are going to hit. I'm like, all right, the voices didn't matter because those jokes were cool. You know, like, yeah, I'm hoping. I enjoyed Shazam, even though other people were like, oh, my God, Shazam. You know, people <laughs> bitch about that movie so much. Um, and yeah, so like everybody watches things differently. I absolutely love the Fast and the Furious movies, but they're not fucking Oscar winning movies. <laughs> they're just turn your brain off. Like I laugh at the ridiculousness of what happens in those movies, you know? And um, it was funny. I saw this creator I watched named Ludwig. Everybody's like, what do you give Mario out of out of 10? And he's like, man, he was like 10, like scales of 10 are really dumb. He was like, because are you really going to judge Mario against like Shawshank Redemption? Like if that's a 10 and what are you going to put Mario at? Like you can't do that with movies that are just supposed to be a good time. And yeah. I've always kind of thought that I'm like, yeah, you can't compare all types of movies. It's why I fucking hate Rotten Tomatoes is because if somebody hates action movies and they review an action movie and they're just like, it's rotten. I'm like that, that shouldn't be fair. Like, yeah, it, you yeah. know, it's the same shit. So uh, I hate those kind of things. I just hate reviews in general, but. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see Blue Beetle for sure. And yeah, I had no problem with the with the fascist stuff. It's sometimes simple jokes work. It's just how it is. The uh there was a big discussion though, and I know that we again on a little time crunch it and this may be a discussion for later, but there was a pretty big discussion uh in the Discord about uh what is considered bad CGI and not bad CGI. Uh, yeah. and, and and what people care about uh as far as general audience and fans and all of this stuff. Um I will go ahead and say this. Um the lighting and a lot of the uh smaller VFX works mm -hmm. need to be touched up on. I agree. The biggest thing in this trailer I would say is the uh, space atmospheric shot and Jaime Reyes's suit on point. Yeah. Most comic book accurate CGI looking suit I have ever seen. Um, CGI in the sense of like when you for sure see the VFX at work. But we both know because we've seen the set photos that the Blue Beetle costume is practical 100%. Yeah. 
yeah, it is. Uh, it's great. Uh, oh, sorry, I got a random little program thing happening. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to blaze through some of these questions. Uh, Arwitz, uh, as for the CGI thing, I think it is a bigger thing. You can't use Avatar. Avatar's fucking cheating. Took 25 years to make two movies. You can't use it. Like that <laughs> superhero movies. Imagine getting two superhero movies every 25 years. That it's not gonna work. Yeah. Um, moving on from that. Uh, Arwood says, what type of Alfred do you want to see in the new Batman? Give me comic book Alfred that's not written by Zdarsky. Um, just like solid comic book Alfred. That's all I need. I don't need anything crazy. Um, I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, John says, recommendations for IMAX seats. Going to see Guardians. Don't know what seat is best in IMAX. Uh, first time IMAX for me. I responded to this in Discord, but I don't know if they saw it. I was like, are you going opening day? Because those best seats are gone. Yeah, like... yeah. Um, so uh as the i will always i will always say this as the audio engineer um <laughs> we we had discussions in my uh classes in college uh about where the perfect seating is so it is from the top row i would say anywhere between uh the third row from the top mm-hmm. and then three rows after like kind of dead center of the theater is where you will get the most out of the uh out of the sound in in IMAX and any theater actually uh and then it's best for the actual visual of the screen yeah now you would think that oh the very back you get to see everything but because of how your peripherals work and just how sound kind of helps with where you're looking at in sc- on the screen and everything, I would say uh, three down from the top and then three down from that is your like window of seatings yeah. or for the best seats in theaters. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll, I'll concede there. I mean, the middle is always the best. Um, yeah. But when I go to IMAX, if it's full, I just go all the way to the top. You know, yeah. the top's usually available. So I go there. Uh, all right, running over to these other ones, we're gonna blaze through the YouTube comments really quick. Uh, Jason Todd, who should be the main villain in the next Batman game? Uh, Ark- Batman slash Arkham game, and why? I'm gonna say uh, Dollmaker, and it should be made by Naughty Dog and not fucking Rocksteady or whoever makes it. I forgot who. Uh, wow, I just blanked uh, on who made it. Uh, yeah, Rocksteady. Um, Is it Rocksteady? Yeah, I thought they, I feel like oh, Rockstar's the one that does GTA. Uh, yeah, I would say that. Um, I would say. For the main villain, ah, shit. Uh, I mean, I feel like we got the whole trilogy of like the the how he was a side character and then slowly went into the main villain with Scarecrow. So I want something like that, but do it with ah, shit. I don't even know. Uh, I would say, you know what? Give me, give me hush. Give me okay. an actual like scary thriller type of like mystery l- with Hush. I think that yeah. would be really fun. And like, I do totally agree with Naughty Dog. Yeah, Naughty Dog should definitely make. Uh, they need to get away from Last of Us for a little bit. They need to do something else. Give them Batman. Give them something cool. Or give them, you know what? Give them a Red Hood game. Mm-hmm. That might be interesting. It might be actually to make the character look cool because he's been so shit for a while. <laughs> uh, moving on to Raphael. He has uh, this is continuing our Zadarsky conversation. Uh, I wanted to ask your opinion and thought uh, I have. I know what you'll talk about Zadarsky for a bit. Uh, part of my uh, disgust towards the run of Tynan, Williamson, and Zadarsky is that I felt that they have been heavily blockbusters. 
that is to say, they almost they are almost very action oriented, and there is no issue that is particularly low, regardless of whether they are good or not. Uh, I wonder why the publisher and the writers decide to establish these tones towards the main title. I have come to the conclusion that it may be due to all the reception that has been uh, towards King's Nightmares arc, in which almost everyone complained that it was a long arc and very slow. Uh, what do you think it could be? I think you're pretty on the nose there. Um, I think I, I, I do think action sells when it comes to Batman, but it's also like you're blowing your load every issue. And, you know, some people don't like when you blow your load too fast. So it's, it's almost like a smaller degree of the Justice League problem. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, the world needs to be in danger every issue. Like, they, you know, they need to have a Justice League size threat in the Justice League book every issue. This, they feel like, okay, Batman is cool when he's fighting, when he's mm -hmm. doing all this crazy stuff. And it, does kind of get monotonous a little bit yeah um i would really love to see a uh a writer do something a little bit slower not as slow as tom king was to be completely honest mm -hmm. but i would say go kind of to the degree of what snyder was doing with his long-form storytelling with uh the court of owls but make it more uh like you know what? honestly i would say do the Court of Owls story with, of course, a different character, um, but make it as long as Tom King's story. Because mm -hmm. like, I, I think that you can kind of have best of both worlds and it still work out. I think some people would still be a little frustrated with it, but I still think there's enough action in yeah. Snyder's run uh, with the with the Court of Owls stuff. But I think that the long form of storytelling that King was doing uh, was still great for the development of, of the Batman character. Yeah. So I, I think that you can do both. I do think uh, I bring this up every time we talk about nightmares. The problem, I think the mistake King did with nightmares was did not include where Batman was that whole time. It yeah. was just like a random assortment of random Batman books. And you're just, it, it felt like a bunch of annuals is yes. what it felt like. And if he would have ended every issue with like Batman in the chair or like being like, where am I? You know, what's going on? That would have been like, oh, this is part of the story. And I think yeah. that was his biggest mistake. Um, I know that DC loves to redo books and reprint them all the time. I'd be interested to see if they would ever be like, hey, King, like we have this suggestion. You think you could write it and make it a little bit more palatable for future audiences? Like, I wonder if that would be interesting because adding that should wouldn't hurt the story. No, but at the same time, it it has I don't think ever happened. Uh, mm -hmm comic book readers please correct me if i'm wrong i don't think it's ever happened that somebody has gone back to write like pieces of a story that they've already written to add context i have it happened recently and it happened in the anniversary of hush they added like five pages to the story and it showed it finished joker's story and it finished what happened to hush really because hush falls into the river and they never find yes. his body and batman constantly keeps going back to the river to find out he finds a submarine in the in the river where hush's lair was at and then at the very end hush comes out of the water and joker and harley are waiting for him and he's pointing a gun at him so they added to the story it was the 20th anniversary of hush so it was written by the same team too i think if i'm not mistaken so it's been done huh. So I wouldn't mind if King was on board. Like you, you, I think you have to get the consent of the writer 
I don't think you should yeah. change somebody's work. Well, I mean, comics do it all the time. But I mean, for a book like that, like don't hire Zadarsky to add on to Tom King's work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if you're going to retcon all of it, fine, whatever. It's your run. Um, but don't go back and change somebody's work to make it better. Uh, anyways, so there's that. Uh, Alexis Barrera, what other animal could have uh, could Bruce have chosen uh, for his hero theme and still would have been badass? I read this earlier, and I think they've all been done. Owlman could have worked. It's been done. Um, yeah. Spider-Man, done. Like, a lot of the good animals that you would have been popular are popular now, and they've been done. So, yeah. Owlman is the most consistent one, I think. So, yeah. Um, which would have been very similar to a bat, but, you know, it's, I don't know, everything else kind of like you can't be like tiger man or like you know lion man well like, i mean there's uh there's cat man um yeah. which is a part of dc still yeah um, and he's a joke when people make fun of him uh, all the time yeah i i don't know like i think who is in the same like it would uh, have to be like an obscure like bug or obscure animal we don't know about like because everything else has been used like every animal has been used animal man uses everything um so does beast boy like you know um so i'm trying to see like okay well what uh what other type of like animal family is Mm -hmm. the bat in like is there something related to bats well they're mammals if i'm not mistaken because i don't think that they're not they're not hatched no it says bats belong to the order C H I R O P T E R A. I have I'm no idea, bro. What that All is. that was just a bunch of alphabet letters to me. <laughs> I have no idea what this is, but I'm yeah. gonna look it up real quick. Um, uh, I I don't think. Uh, yeah, it's just a whole bunch of different types yeah. of bats. Because uh, so... people forget bats aren't just little small things. There's like those huge ass fruit bats that are like bigger than people. Yeah, like those uh, things are man. So so looking at it, there's like. Uh, fruit bats, flying foxes, mm-hmm. uh, the bulldog bat, micro bats. Like, yeah. there's a whole bunch of them. Um, Fox man, uh, so, like, red panda man, squirrel man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Flying the flying squirrel. Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> isn't that a character though? Squirrel girl uh, is. I know that squirrel girl. Like flying yeah. squirrel is something as well. Either way, um, I think the best ones have been done. So, uh, yeah. I would say that. Uh, Eduardo de la Cruz, remember when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself, have I had my weekly dose of who would win? Uh, Gorilla Grodd versus Winston from Overwatch. Condiment King versus The Dealer. Red Hood versus Bane. Uh, I'm going to go Gorilla Grodd because he has telepathic powers. Um, and they're both gorillas, so I would assume they both have powers. I mean, what's his name has a gun, though? But, I mean... It's an, it's an electric, like... I, like, I don't... I, that is interesting. Um, I would... I would say because I think that they are both super intelligent mm-hmm. because Winston is super intelligent in yeah. Overwatch. Um, I I'm gonna have to give it to Gorilla Grodd on this one. Yeah, uh, Condiment King versus a dealer. So I looked up the dealer. The dealer is a very old man with crutches, I believe, but he is the dealer of super powered evil weapons. So I'm gonna go with him. <laughs> Why you think he's gonna lose the ketchup? Like you really think a dealer that deals in super mega weapons? Now, granted, I don't know if you're talking about a different dealer, but the one that I looked up 
was a you know he sold evil weapons like for a split second i thought the dealer was the merchant from resident evil 4 mm. so i was like oh the merchant but yeah. if that's the dealer uh yeah sorry eduardo like you, you tried to get us again yeah it's, it's not gonna happen uh no. i think that somebody with a basically an armory of super powered mm-hmm. weapons is gonna win yeah uh red hood versus bane i would say equally matched to be honest um by bane uh, Bane has beat Batman before. Why wouldn't he beat Red Hood? Yeah, so. I, I would definitely say Bane. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Clay. Uh, which of these would cause the most outrage? Having Joker Dong scene in Joker Two, Ghostmaker being in the Brave and the Bold, Catwoman being plus size. Now, Joker Dong, I don't think is out of the question for Joker Two. Um, yeah. I don't think that's that would not be shocking at all. Everybody would just make memes about it. Like, oh, we saw Joker's dick. Um, <laughs> Ghostmaker being in Brave and the Bold would only be upsetting to people that hate Ghostmaker like me. Yeah. Like their kids would probably love Ghostmaker. Maybe that's why he sticks around because he's just a ninja. Yeah. Um, Catwoman being plus size would make the biggest waves. People would uh, be like, really? How? How does she work? It's already been done before. With who? Uh, I believe. Uh, they've made plus size Catwoman in comics. Yeah. But. And, oh, and they've also in done it in, no they've also oh is is that the i would think it would be the most outrage i mean but in the comics if i remember correctly she's already old so it's like she got old yeah and, and that's what i mean like yeah. she she was an older Catwoman. yeah uh, and an older selena kyle should i say since they're talking about the first two are movies i just assumed it would be a movie so like you know people would be like oh beyonce catwoman and i'm just like I don't know. She thick. I like Beyonce. She's great, but I don't know if she'd be the best Catwoman. Like yeah. a lot of people say Rihanna too, right? Like, well, yeah. I think Rihanna. They say with Ivy, which I think could be a good choice. Like mm-hmm. Ivy doesn't need to be a certain way. I mean, yeah. she was badass in a Lonely City, but oh, I yeah. think people would argue with like Catwoman's agility and like how she breaks into things and stuff like that. That a slender person is probably more prominent. Again, this is a movie. It doesn't fucking matter. Like you could do whatever, but if you're just talking about outrage in general i feel like people would always go with that because the fat thing is always a problem it's always a fucking problem people got to make it a fucking problem if you've been in the discord i've been going back and forth with young about pandering and inclusivity like that that went into a completely monstrous conversation that i did not think it was gonna yeah go into. It, it has gotten <laughs> to the point where it's no longer it's here's the thing young is what his name is he's young i'm an old fart and the one thing I have over him is life experience. And yeah. I can I can say this about him. He can't say this about me is I can say I was like you before. So I know how you're thinking. I know what your mind, all the everything's firing on. And I know how you're trying to make your point, And you're just not seeing that your point isn't good. I used to be the same way. I always used to try to win. I will tell everybody. I don't know if I ever said this on the podcast. One of my. The moments I know, because I think we grow when we're kind of embarrassed or made to look stupid. I think you can grow from that or you can go into a little home and be like, oh, my God, I was uh, they hurt me. Um, I was all I realized I was like, oh, I made myself look like a dumbass there. I didn't want to look like a dumbass again. So I tried to be better in my further conversations. I was arguing with a vegan online one time when I was in like high school. It was like on the spawn boards. They used to be like a huge thing back in the day. This was before there was like big social media. And on the spawn boards, this vegan was all like meats, murder, and all this jazz. I'm over here eating my Whataburger. I'm like, nah, nah, it's delicious. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't care. I remember getting into an argument. I tried to be like, I'm going to get him with this article. And it was like an article about like 
just some stupid i was like this is what vegans believe like people should live on farms and live this way and i sent him this article i just got sent back like ha 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 that's from the onion do you know what that is and for those of you that don't know what the onion is it's a satirical website where every article is fake and they make fun of how dumb people are and what they believe and i was like oh and I didn't try to respond with a winning argument or anything like that. I just pinned like I just responded, "Oh fuck," and that's all I responded because I knew I looked like a dumbass. And I'm not saying I'm not saying young is a dumbass or anything like that, but I'm just saying you realize when you're young, you will fight to the death on something until somebody just like really makes you look dumb. And I'm just like, oh, and that's you know this person I do believe was older than me, and I've realized that as I got older, I was like, oh, I wasn't always right when I was a kid. I was yeah. a, I was a dumbass and I had some stupid views. And as I get older now and I have an audience of younger people, I try to let them know, you know, because I I very much at, was the way young is. He's fighting that he likes things to be the original creation. Yeah. And he's like, if, if the character was white when they were first created, they should be white. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that, though, man. Like they were yeah. created when everything was white, like people of color weren't liked. Like, yeah, it doesn't work change it i told young and i think for for one i i love all the interaction in the discord but like when i was trying to get an answer from young he was just do, throwing out like oh because i said so like type of answers yeah. and i was just like yeah i'm sorry i can't yeah, have a conversation like that there i had to end it a couple of times i was just like oh. i keep going back because i, I want to get through to somebody sometimes i'm like dude like you're you're there because there are times when he's been like oh yeah you're okay i get that i see that and i'm just like oh, yeah I, I could see the potential and yeah. I'm just like, dude, but do I keep, I was like, if this takes away from my time, like I'm not a teacher, I'm not getting paid for this, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh very interesting, but, uh, if you ever want to jump in the discord and have those kind of conversations, join the discord, but just because I stopped the conversation doesn't mean that I don't care about it or whatever. I just, I don't have the time to talk to everybody about everything. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, so it is what it is, but, uh, let's go through the rest of these, uh, questions real quick. Uh, Nathan, why is the DC has a lot of misses shows actor controversy, et cetera, in the last 10 years? Is it them trying to emulate Marvel bad luck, lack of freedom or something else? Um, a lot of that, to be honest, I think, I, I think it's a lot of that. One thing is, uh, trying to emulate Marvel is it's a yes and a no for that. And, and I think the biggest thing is that they're chasing the money for the longest time. They were yeah. chasing the money. And I think what will eventually get them on a winning streak, what Gunn is doing is they're not going to emulate Marvel in the mm -hmm. sense of in the sense of copy paste. And instead, what they will do is, hey, we are creating a new universe like Marvel, but we are going to instead of making the uh larger story and getting as many characters and movies out there to make a universe and make a lot of money we're going to put the story first the narrative first and make an actual a to b to z plot mm -hmm. that people can legitimately enjoy yeah um yeah i i think the marvel thing is definitely part of it like they 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 saw the money bags and they're like ah, let's do that that's it's basically whatever youtuber does right they see the one youtube video that pops off right now they're like we got to emulate that and do that exactly and it just doesn't work like maybe they'll get views they'll, they'll get a hit here and there but 
when you copy somebody outright, it just never works. There's a reason why the original person is usually the best, except for TikTok. TikTok's like, oh, that's a really good idea. I'm going to steal it. I have more audiences and I'm going to make it big. And I'm like, man, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Why I don't, I'm not on TikTok anymore. I don't like the unoriginality there. But uh, I think bad luck. I think uh, I will say this bad director choices. Um, well, uh, Clay does uh, did reply to Nathan and say uh, bad CGI in Snyder cultist as yeah. uh, what is ultimately the problem with everything that DC has the misses for. Um, I'm going to uh, agree to a degree because mm -hmm. um, I do think although uh, Snyder cultists are literally the worst, uh, I think that for one, the decisions based on uh, Snyder cultist uh, should not be a thing. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that for the longest time, uh, the studio was actually doing things to quote unquote pander to mm -hmm. those fighting against the cultists. It's yeah. like, okay, you, you don't want to go completely the other way. You just make good shit. Like mm -hmm. just, just focus on making you your universe and kind of ignoring everybody and just seeing how it goes. Because the one thing that we have said time and time again, when it comes to James Gunn's new universe is they can't, put a pause on everything after the first miss there's going to be misses there's going yeah. to be things that we may not like we may like everything but there is the possibility of one project not being the greatest and they shouldn't be like oh let's throw it all away yeah yeah imagine if marvel stopped after thor though thor was profitable but people thought the movie sucked yeah like just imagine that like they're like oh we got to re we got to change everything no they just kept going forward that's what you did uh so yeah Next up, uh, I'm going to Anthony Morales here. Um, this was you're hilarious. Cheating. Yeah, you're cheating here. And uh, uh, so he says, Condiment King versus Uncle Ben. Condiment King versus Calendar Man. Comics Condiment King versus BTS Condiment King. So I'm not even going to give you an answer for that last one, you damn little cheater. I don't appreciate cheaters around here trying to get us thing. <laughs> and you know what? To be fair, I'm going to say draw. So he still doesn't win. So eh, fuck yourself. <laughs> um... And Calendar Man, Uncle Ben, squash Condiment King. So Uncle Ben can get shot and survive long enough for his son to become a, or his grandson to become a, an amazing superhero. So, I mean. Nephew. Nephew, Not whatever. So. Yeah. Related stuff. But uh, yeah, you damn little cheater. Obviously, also, we need to keep these verses to one a week, ladies and gentlemen. If you see somebody <laughs> beat you to it, like, I'm sorry. Uh, last one, we got Moncray. Am I the only one who doesn't get Batwoman? Uh, her why? Uh, while her design is cool, it's hard to see her past just a female Batman slash uh, what Batman would be, um, what Batgirl would become. That show, uh, that show didn't help either. In route, do you think is okay? What route do you think is the best to evolve this character? So Batwoman, we've had we've talked about Batwoman many a times, and how DC instead of elevating somebody like that woman who has been openly lesbian a majority of her um tenure at, at dc instead of elevating her to be one of the fixtures of the world they decide like tim drake he's he's bisexual now uh yeah. you know so and so is bisexual now uh superman's son which superman's son i don't really like to include because he's a new character he could be whatever the fuck he wants but like cons like you know converting old characters makes no sense to me um uh, because you have characters that can fit the role you want and yeah. Batwoman, I feel like, is an afterthought to a lot of people because I think Batgirl does outshine her, which is unfortunate. But she's also had just 
she's been tied to a lot of amazing stories. I've always said Tom King needs to write a, a Batwoman story. I think you do something in Afghanistan where he knows how that world looked. She was in the military and you just have her be Bat uh, Batwoman in the desert. I think that'd be kind of cool. He has some really good imagery, tie a really good artist to it. Um, but yeah, she has a great design. I just think, you know, she hasn't had amazing. It, it's, it's insane that people haven't really picked up on her. I think she's just like any other character in DC that hasn't like Blue Beetles had great stories, and he does. He's just now getting the critical. Oh, I mean, we'll find out. But he looks cool. People are talking about him now because he's getting a movie. But yeah. um, I wouldn't say Batwoman's a bad character at all. I think she's a great character. I think DC just doesn't know how to use her, and I think that's a problem. I will 100% agree. Um, I liked how uh, Taylor uh, utilized well, – sorry, not Taylor, Higgins. I liked how mm. Higgins utilized her as a, like, oh, I'm against metahumans in the uh, Nightwing uh, New World Order or yeah, First New World Order. Order. Yeah, uh, like the the story of of how uh, metahumans were like basically banned in mm -hmm. the United States or whatever, uh, or around the world. I can't remember which. Um, I like that story. Yeah, and honestly, I know people would be like, "Oh, they're just copying Marvel," but there's a lot of people from DC that would love a Civil War type equivalent yeah. within the DC universe. And because she's worked with military before, I think Batwoman could be a pivotal part of that type of story. Yeah. Um, she definitely does break the rules with being part of the Bat family, but she still likes to stay within the rules because of her being kind of programmed with the military. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes her a very unique character mm -hmm. um, with her morals as well as what she's gone through in life and how kind of the world is against her because she's a lesbian woman. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a very unique type of storytelling that you can get with her. Um, I want to see more of her. It's a very big shame that she just went off to the wayside after yeah. a while. Um, I know that for like, honestly, I would put her in either the outsiders or the uh birds of prey yeah tynan featured her a lot to be honest in his detective yes. run so yes. i think again she's like one of those people right now that i think you could write a story that could be very pivotal for her and actually make waves because batwoman could be the one person that's in the middle of all the hatred right She's a lesbian, so there are people that hate her because she's a lesbian, right? We know that there's a lot of problems with the military when it comes to the LGBT, at least in America. I'm pretty sure there's also around the world, too. Um, so she could be like, oh, I'm hated by the people I work for. Yeah. Um, she could also talk about how she's hated by the Bat family because the Bat family doesn't like that she kills or she has killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. That can be a problem, too. And then she could say she's also hated by society. Because, again, there are people that don't like gay people in society. So, like, and also don't like the Bat family. So she could be, like, a pivotal. She'd be like, everybody around me hates me. And I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to protect people. I'm just trying to protect the world. Like, you know? You know, and I think that it could be kind of the jarring wrong way to go. But mm -hmm. in that sense, with with the way that you're saying that the world is against her, mm -hmm. um, 
and I think it would be kind of bad optics, like I said, uh, because she is uh, so big in representation. Um, what's stopping her from becoming a villain? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think yeah. that could be interesting, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I'm for anybody and everyone being a villain, right? Like, mm -hmm. Optics shouldn't change that. We know for the longest time, people of color were always the villains. Like that's how they're yeah. cast in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. And like, I don't want to go the other way to where like, oh, if they're a person of color or if they're LGBT, they can't be bad. Like, no, I mean, everybody's bad. Like every group yeah. in the world has bad people. So you shouldn't, you, know, and, you can't keep them from being villains. And again, the way I said it is because of the way that the world looks at her. Yeah. She could easily go that route, right? Yeah. And I think that could make it a very compelling story. Or you could do the same thing where it seems like she's going to be evil, but she comes out on top. Like she yeah. realizes, because I think there's a lot of people. And I think this is in general, when you just feel hated, I think a lot of like incels go through this, right? Incels think all women hate them, right? Like, Oh, women don't like me, blah, blah. And like, but you can persevere that you can be like, you know what? It's not, all women hating me it's just you know i haven't read the right person or i don't meet the right people or i don't get out enough and i just i i follow what society says i should be following and if you're in an echo chamber you're gonna believe everything that people are telling you around you and i think yeah. that's a problem so like batwoman could be just hearing all of this bad news and then be like no that's not that's not reality like she could just meet that one person it's like oh you know you're well you're liked you're wanted you're whatever and bada bing bada boom that could change project perception um because i think that's happened to people i think there are some there are plenty of stories which is kind of sad that men like talk about like getting flowers for the first time they're like i've never gotten flowers or like nobody's ever told me like i'm handsome or whatever and they're like yeah. it it made me feel so good and it's just like you know it's that kind of perspective you have one moment like that it could change your life but uh so yeah that is all we got for questions ladies and gentlemen up next is entertainment news I lied. We actually have some comic book news and we kind of just got back from watching Mario. So we had to cut the podcast because we went a little over, saw the movie. Um, it was okay for me. Clay, thoughts on the movie for anybody who um, watch it? I, I enjoyed it. I think that if you are wanting like an in-depth, emotional, yeah. like cinema movie, don't go watch it. If yeah. you're looking for a good time, if you have little ones, uh, whether they be nephews, nieces, or your own children, I think you'll have a great time. Yeah, no, visually, it's amazing. There's a lot of good moments. Jack Black kills it in the film. Uh, no spoilers here, by the way. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I went into this not liking the voice cast. And so they didn't really do much to help me not like it. I saw John Leguizamo will not watch this movie. Because he was really? in the original movie. Yeah, I just saw it. He doesn't like that they didn't cast anybody like Latino in this movie when he uh, was in the first one. Okay. And yeah. I learned that apparently the directors really fought for him to be in that original Mario movie, which everybody says is a disaster. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. obviously, he was still a part of it. But uh, the directors apparently fought really hard for him to be in that movie, and they wanted to cast a white guy, I think. So um, um, I'm, I'm, I, I should have put it in... I don't know if I put it in the Discord, mm. uh, but the original director for the Mario movie, like the old one, yeah. There's a quote out there that said that that movie could be their Batman franchise. What? I need to look for it. <laughs> well, but yeah, okay. 
all right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like this, I think the the new Mario movie is visually pleasing, and yeah, it it's made for kids. So if you're gonna go into this thing and it's supposed to be super magical, super awesome, you're wrong. But I did ask Clay a question after we saw it because he was like, "Yeah, this is definitely for kids or whatever." I'm like, "Okay, so then how do we gauge Puss in Boots?" Because Puss in Boots, everybody raves about Puss in Boots, and that's also made for children. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it's like, you know, if we're going to be judging animation movies, you know, I'm curious. But then we just talked about earlier in this podcast, too. You shouldn't hold certain movies to certain standards compared to others. Although I do think, I mean, Puss in Boots, I don't know what else you could say other than it's supposed to be a kid's movie. So, I don't know. Um, but Mario, if you enjoyed Mario, you'll probably enjoy this, too. Unless you hate Chris Pratt. Because <laughs> so then you might not. It's a article from uh, CBR. It says mm-hmm. original Super Mario movie director was sure that this would be his Batman. It says uh, Rocky Morton, co-director of the 1993 Super Mario Bros. live action movie adaption, says he believed it would be a Batman level hit. Yeah. Saying, uh, let's see here. It says discussed his initial excitement for being hired alongside his ex-wife Annabelle uh, Jankel to bring Nintendo's biggest video game to the silver screen. In fact, he was convinced it would be the biggest hit since Tim Burton put uh since put Tim Burton put Michael Keaton in the bat suit. I remember saying to Annabelle, this is it. This is going to be our Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. I wonder if that's why they got a divorce. They're like, it wasn't our Batman. What you lied to me. <laughs> you said it was gonna yeah. be Batman. <laughs> That's crazy. But um, we do have some comic news that we need to talk about before we move into the entertainment news. So, Clay, what is, what's going on in the world of comics? Yeah, so uh this was being teased by Williamson before teasing something to do with Damien uh Robin. Of course, uh there was a lot of conversation of like Oh, maybe Damien will be in Williamson's Green Arrow run because of the whole thing with Connor Hawk. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. But no, actually, it has come out that uh, he uh, that Williamson will be writing a Batman and Robin series. Mm -hmm. Um, You have voiced your opinion on something that they revealed on the first cover being the Robin mobile. Um, yeah, looks very Spider-Man esque in the sense of mm-hmm. like the Spidey Mobile is like a giant like a Jeep go kart type thing. Um, yeah, this definitely looks like hey, let's sell some toys. Yes, one hundred percent. So, I I'm not too concerned about it because I think it'll just be like maybe a one and done thing. It's not something that like hey, from now on we're gonna be riding in the Robin Mobile and not the yeah. Batmobile. You know. Yeah, I just think it's kind of dumb. I mean, I understand, like, is this going to be Damien being like, since you won't let me drive the Batmobile? You know what I mean? Like, it'd be kind of weird. And then what? He's like, I'm not going to let you drive the Batmobile because I got you the Robin Mobile. And it looks like a fucking go-kart. Like, it's just definitely for kids. You know what I mean? Um, They could have done, I don't know. I I just think it looks kind of dumb. But, I mean, it's it's not, that book's not going to be meant for me, I feel like. It's going to be meant for a younger audience because Robin's in it. And that's what Robin's always been. He's always been something for a younger audience. Um, but, I mean, Williamson's attached to it. So that means we'll, you know, if this run goes 20 books, we're getting two good issues. So. Uh, now, I will say, uh, 
I, I mentioned that uh, Simone Di Mio, um, mm-hmm. really big artist that has worked with Power Rangers before. Um, we really enjoyed him on the Harley Quinn Future State books. Yeah. Um, he has also done some stuff with Tom Taylor um, in indie stuff. Uh, he's going to be the artist for Batman and Robin. So I am going to enjoy that. Uh, just looking at this first cover, I like his design for uh, Orca and uh, Killer Croc. So I'm going to really enjoy that. Um, I'll, I think I'll give it the first two arcs. Because mm-hmm. I do think that Williamson, I I kept on reading Robin a lot longer than what Juice yeah. ended up uh, reading it for. And there were some good moments in there. And I think with the ability to be able to write some Batman and some Robin uh, separately, I think he can do some good with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it all depends on who he chooses will be like their villain for this run and what he chooses to do in the future as far as like the future of the DC universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot. I give everything a shot, at least two to, you know, usually the first two issues for sure. Uh, But my thing is, I just hope it's nothing like the big event book he had where every final panel was just a collage of freaking villains or collage of superheroes. And he was like, this is what's selling the book. And every issue felt like the same damn thing. So that's going to be my biggest worry. Um, And the one thing Williamson has taught me is he'll get me for two issues. And then that third issue, it's like, what happened? Um, So we'll see what happens with Robin. The first, I didn't really like the first couple issues. I think it was like the fourth or fifth issue that he really got me when it was the family issue. I think that was really cool. I was like, okay. And then he brought out a big demon Lazarus pit monster. And I was just like, oh, that's stupid. So, um, yeah. So I'm not a, not a big fan of it. Also, I kind of felt like he was trying to do the manga thing for a little bit and then just really got away from it. I'm just like, well. Yeah, it, his, you... a lot of his inspiration was from, from anime and manga. Yeah. And it it was fun as like a, hey, you know, he did the thing. Yeah. But after a while, he just wasn't following through with it. And so mm-hmm. it just fell off. Yeah, if you're gonna do that, you have to go full blown into it. Like you can't, you can't just get in and out of it. Um, the one thing I will say though, I'm pretty sure I remember him saying that Robin was gonna have a lot of outfit changes, and that never fucking happened. Yeah, no. So no. I don't, I don't know. Was he still has that gray ass suit? So well, he did have it. Does he have it in? He still has it. Pretty sure. I don't think it's red and green. I think Wade changed it. No, I was going to say, I believe that, yeah, uh, uh, Mark Wade in the uh, Batman versus Robin, he's been in the green suit, the regular yeah. Robin suit. Um, so he's... No, because I think the Naruto is in a bunch of gray suits. The Naruto moment. Really? When he does the freaking Shadow Clone Jutsu. Okay, so, let me. I'll need to look yeah. up too. So yeah, either way, not a not a super fan of um, that, but I'll, I'll give it a chance because Williamson I know can do good, but recently he's been kind of hit or miss. So yeah. Um, with that though, the second thing you told me was, are we getting? Is it going to be the same writers for this new Batman Beyond? Sequel? I believe so. Yes, uh, it is called Batman Beyond Neo Gothic. Okay. is the title of it. Now, I will go ahead and double-check if the 
actual uh i knew that max dunbar is the artist on it mm-hmm. uh which does seem to be uh what everybody is sharing uh but the artist let me actually see here um yeah returns, i'll read anything they do yeah so it says batman beyond returns the same amazing team that brought us batman beyond neo year uh jackson uh lansing and uh colin kelly and of course max dunbar uh on the uh on the art return in july for batman beyond neo gothic number one yeah i've noticed that there's a lot of gaps in between what they do and i wonder if it's like no we're gonna sit down we're gonna write the whole story before we release this yeah which I think how more writers should be like uh, personally, I would love to get away from the weekly books. Uh, I think everybody should go to six issue arcs. Um, but then again, that kind of feels like what Zdarsky is doing and it's not working out very well. So, um, you know, where there's that, but uh, I think it's all we got for comic news. Correct. Yes. And now moving on to, um, you know, everything else. I think let's go ahead and start with Joker two wraps filming. Now, I don't know about you, Clay, but we've had we have some people in the Discord that post like all the clips and stuff of people getting shared. I don't look at any of that shit. Um, I heard that uh, there was a stairway scene with some singing, possibly. I didn't look at that. Um, it did look like uh, uh, Lady Gaga was filming her scene on mm-hmm. the steps. Um, we had made assumptions that like, oh, we think that all of the musical numbers will be filmed uh indoors yeah Uh, it does seem like uh lady gaga will have her i think it'll be very mirroring yeah or very similar to how joaquin phoenix's uh stairwells uh scene will be um or maybe even just to show that they are the polar opposites it will be kind of wacky and opposite in that way yeah i think it'll be pretty cool uh but uh, a friend of mine joked around. He said, wow, this movie felt like it was in production for like eight minutes and now yeah. it's already done. Um, it did seem very, very quick. Um, in retrospect, though, it was three months. And another friend said with very little VFX work, this mm-hmm. will have uh, very low budget. Like that is kind of the normal production. Yeah. Uh, and I mean. I think what made the original Joker seem so long is because there was so many rumors attached to it yeah. and so many insiders really pulling in the leaks and stuff like that. This has been very hush-hush. We haven't heard or seen anything other than, okay, it's a sequel to Joker, Lady Gaga's attached to it, and yeah. that's it. And it's possibly a musical. Yeah, I heard that uh, it started filming in December, so if it just ended in April, like, that's at least three and a half months. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a decent amount of film. That's, that's almost a, that's a, what, a fourth of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's not too bad. It's not, you know, it's not something like a flash where you're going to have to put in crazy amounts of VFX and that's going to take like a year to do. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be very interesting. I think now, you know, they'll start doing the score and everything for this. And I'm curious about the score because that first Joker movie has an amazing soundtrack, amazing score to it, the movie. Yeah. So I'm seeing what they'll do here with a Lady Gaga. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, I don't want to see anything else from this. I'm just give me a trailer and I'm good. Um, so 
I'm curious to see where it'll go because uh, it's going to be hard to top it. You know, it's going to be hard to top that first one. But I think if For they sure. go in a very different direction, it, it could work out. But yeah, so Joker 2 has wrapped for anybody that has been keeping up with that. I think a lot, a lot of people think that it uh, was done really fast because Lady Gaga hasn't been around that long. She just started filming like a month ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's why people are like, oh my God. But they're like, no, they just, they plan out her stuff and they're like, we can knock your stuff out in a month. You know what I mean? And so that's probably what she does. She probably worked every day for a month, which yeah. would suck. But, you know, it is what it is. She's got a crazy schedule as it is anyways. So. Um, yeah, but uh, moving on from that, so we got a our, I don't want to say our first casting for the DCU, but one of our first castings, and I'm assuming this is Creature Commandos. Yes, uh, this will be Creature Commandos. Uh, the actor in question uh, is familiar to the superhero genre. Yeah, uh, this is of course uh, Frank Grillo or Grio. Uh, depending on uh, how you pronounce it. Um, He has confirmed that he is joining the DCU. He says, I think Crossbones serves a purpose, but he's on the screen for a short amount of time. I thought there was more there. I was disappointed, which is why I went over to DC. Yeah. So he just nonchalantly is like, yeah, I'm going to be in the DC universe. Now, it's funny that he says that because, again... Gunn has confirmed that the voice actors for any and all animation within the canon of the DCU mm-hmm. will be the actual actor um, going forward in live action. Yeah. But Frank is complaining about not being on screen that much. He's not going to be on screen at all for his first appearance, which is an animated yeah. series. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, it's funny because the moment you told me about this news, I saw Twitter bringing up like a not very savory clip of him talking about how like uh, I guess he said like Italians uh, suffer just as much as like African-Americans or something like that. I didn't see the full clip, but that's what I I remember something like that a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of people are bringing that up. They're like, oh, look, there goes James Gunn casting terrible people again. And it was funny because everybody brought up all of the people Snyder's cast that have all troubled and suspect pasts, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what about these? And then the person just kind of stayed silent. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Gunn has already came out and said, he was like, look, I don't, you know, just because I work with somebody doesn't mean I believe everything they say. Like, it's going to happen. These people are different people outside yeah, of Yeah, he, he, he made those comments after everything that happened with uh, Zachary Levi. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you could uh, definitely, if you if you feel the need to talk shit about this casting because of that, I mean, you have the right to it, but it's not going to change the casting. You know what I mean? Unless yeah. he does something like right now, he were to say something super offensive. That's the only way he's losing his job. Like, yeah, people need to realize that you're and especially when you're dealing with somebody with James Gunn, he doesn't care about what you said in your past. Like he's he's been through the ringer, you know, he lost all his jobs and then got them all back. Because they're like, oh, damn, he's good. He's good. We can't, like, oh, fuck what he said on Twitter. Like, who cares? Nobody, Twitter's not real. Yeah, like, like he, guys, James Gunn has had the biggest comeback story Yeah, to being, quote-unquote, canceled. So, like, I think for a lot of people, it's it's not like, oh, if I get canceled, I can, I can do that. But, like, you, you can't always hope the worst for people who get canceled. Yeah. Because shit like this happens, you know? Yeah. 
So um, I, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, that's right or wrong. I mean, I didn't see the full clip, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah. I mean, if he said the things that he says that what I read on Twitter, I'm like, that's kind of fucked up. But hey, he's still going to be in a movie. So what, what, what are we going to what's complaining going to do about it? You know, is yeah. what it is. Uh, I'm more curious, though, on when we will actually get some announcements, because I feel like Gunn. Of course, being as open as he is on Twitter, mm-hmm. he could just randomly one day decide, eh, today we're going to do this. And he yeah. just drops everything. Yeah. So I think that'll be, or if like Frank ended up getting quote unquote in trouble for letting mm-hmm. that out, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, Tom King let it slip that he's directing DC. I wonder if he had a meeting and be like, all right, all y'all need to shut the fuck up. Like, like <laughs> 100% need to shut the fuck up. Uh, so like, I don't know, but I'm curious if the whole Creature Commandos cast has been casted. You know? I haven't heard of any, uh, you know, female actresses or anybody joining up. And I think there's a few females in that in that show. I, so. I think there's one or two. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious on if anything like that has happened. But uh, we'll be uh, finding out, I guess, as the days go on. So um, that is what it is. But the other thing that I think was probably one of the biggest things that happened this week was James Gunn actually weighing in on superhero fatigue? And a lot of people seem to be interested in this. I haven't seen too much hate for it, um, but you know, I think this is something everybody relates to and everybody's kind of talked about, is are there too many superhero movies? Now, I will go ahead and say that the idea that most people have of superhero fatigue is not exactly what he is saying in this quote though so uh a lot of people are are using his words and like he has he's had to like say like no go read the full article there there's a full quote in there and the full quote says um i think there is such a thing as superhero fatigue Mm -hmm. uh he was doing an interview for rolling stones I think it doesn't have anything to do with superheroes. It has to do with the kind of stories that uh, get to be told. And if you lose your eye on the ball, which is uh, which is character, we love Superman, we love Batman, we love Iron Man, because they are these incredible characters that we have in our hearts. And if it becomes just a bunch of nonsense on the screen, it gets really boring. Yeah. So... I I can understand that. He continues to say, but I get fatigued by most spectacle films. By the grind of not having an emotional uh, grounded story, it doesn't have anything to do with whether they're superhero movies or not. If you don't have a story at the best of it, or at the base of it, just watching things bash each other, no matter how clever those bashing moments are, no matter how clever the designs and the VFX are, it just gets fatiguing and I think it's very, very real. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is what we've talked about for a long time, right? Like, people not putting good stories into superhero movies. Yeah. it's. I mean, that's what a lot of people said about Shazam, right? From what I've heard about Shazam 2 is that the villains were just kind of boring villains. Like, they were, like, old-school villains. They're like, oh, look, we do bad things. And, like, there wasn't really any emotion behind them. Granted, I hate when people also say that because i don't need villains to be like you know i don't want to care for a villain you know what i mean i just want a villain to Mm -hmm. be bad but you could have added a lot more depth into our heroes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um i will say anime anime is the one time that i think they really try to make you care about the villain 
I mean, we just saw a uh, Demon Slayer recently, and they tried to make you care about the two villains in that series like really bad yeah. because they were picked on and shunned. And I'm like, they still killed so many fucking people. I don't care if people <laughs> bullied them. Like, you know what I mean? So like, it, it depends on how it can work. Um, I I I've been a big vocal person on saying I don't like the Thanos arc. Like, I don't like Thanos's motivation in the MCU. So, yeah. um. Yeah, so I, I think that that does matter. But I mean, look at what happened with look at the character development development that Peacemaker has had, right? Since Suicide Squad to his show, like yeah. the dude has developed a lot, and he was an asshole in that first in the movie, and then in his show, you're like, oh, he's kind of likable. Like you know, they've kind of turned it around a little bit. But mm-hmm. so yeah, I think there needs to be heart, and there needs to be fun, and there needs to be a lot in superhero movies, and. M- I like that that's probably what he's preached to all the new writers and stuff going forward. And maybe we will start getting really good movies. And like I said, we have to kind of wait for all the movies that come out this year because, you know, we don't know what we're going to get. And this also goes into our criticism of, you know, at the beginning of this podcast when we opened up with Batman 134. Yeah. And the idea of like, oh, Everybody always wants to do the action all the time, crazy Batman stuff. And it does get, you know, kind of in the monotony of things. It it, it gets very, very dull and very boring because it's the same grind over and over and over again. Yeah. You need to change it up a little bit. And I think with what Gunn has been preaching, I think we will get an overall narrative story of like, hey, this is how you're expanding the universe and there will be like one or two ties here and there. But I think more so he's going to get us attached to these individual characters by their individual stories and then move on to, okay, now there's a team up movie. Okay. Now there's a crossover. Okay. Now there's this, but he's not going to do that until he has shown us these characters first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, going back to the your, your point about the Batman comic, yeah, you can't have superhero movies just be all action, action, action. Like, there needs to be something there. And I think that's what people ignore about Tom King's Batman, you know, because it is so polarizing. Like, he gave us something different when it came to Batman, and I think people hated it. They're like, I just want smash, smash, smash. You know what yeah. I mean? I was, he was smashing Catwoman in that book. What else do you want? <laughs> like, um, but, you know... You talk about it all the time. Well, you don't talk about it all the time, but you mentioned it when we, we talk about Tom King's. The court story, like the Mr. Free story, was yeah. just so different, and it was so good. And people don't talk about that. And I think it, it, the, the unfortunate thing about that story is it happened right after the wedding, right? So, like, people are like, they didn't give us what I want, so I'm dropping this book. And I'm like, you just missed out on one of the best arcs, like, right after that. Yeah, And um, you did yourself a disservice. And so, like, I think hopefully I want superhero movies not to be exactly like Tom King, but I want them to be different, you know, but still have an overall narrative like the way King did. Like he tried to do a bunch of different arcs within Bane is the big bad, you know? Yeah, I want that kind of like how the first MCU movie is. We got a bunch of different types of movies. But Thanos was the big bad that whole time, you know, yep. or like, you know, or of course, the Avengers movie, all that jazz. But that's what I want. And so uh, I totally I'm glad that James Gunn is very self-aware. Uh, so, and I'm glad he's not. So it's funny because we just got back from watching this, the Marvel, uh, the Mario movie. 
And I saw Charlie Day apparently made a quote because he's Luigi in this movie. He said the only people that are going to criticize his um, his performance are middle-aged men. And I kind of fucking hate that comment because it feels like, oh, so everybody that disagrees with you or says you're not good is like a, just a middle-aged hater. Like, you know what I mean? It's It's the idea that we've pushed into the internet that like, Oh, the only people are, that complain are the stereotypical yeah. keyboard warriors Incels. living in your basement. Incels. He literally used the basement line. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, come on. Like, it's because, and we had this discussion. I brought it up about uh, Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy has that same mentality. He's like, the cells show that, you know, um, you know, people like my book and it doesn't matter like what other people think. I'm like, no, dude, criticism is criticism. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Granted, you can siphon through criticism and you can be like, oh, this criticism is coming from people that also believe X, Y, and Z. And if you think X, Y, and Z suck, then you'd be like, oh, I'm not going to give that that much praise. You know what I mean? I'm not going to pay too much attention yeah. to that. But if it comes from somebody that also likes maybe things you like and stuff like that and they have genuine criticism, you might take that into more effect. Or you're like, oh, shit, they like everything I like and they think my stuff's bad. So maybe there is something there. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think you can make an argument that that's kind of bias as well. But I do think that you're obviously not going to please everybody. So there are going to be people that you just kind of have to ignore because we also know that people hate to hate. They will hate the most things that are loved. You know what I mean? James yeah. Gunn could make a superhero. You could make the next Superman movie be the greatest superhero movie of all time. Somebody will hate it just because it's not Zack Snyder. Yep. Or somebody will hate it just because it's not Marvel. And it's mm -hmm. just like, well, those people, you can just fuck off. Like, you're not going to please those people. But I think if somebody that genuinely will watch anything, look at anything, and is like, oh, yeah, give that a chance. Like, I think, and they're like, eh, I didn't think it was that good. I think there's an argument there. Oh, by the way, we saw the Blue Beetle trailer on fucking the big screen. It looks so much better on the big screen. I was going to say the uh, the Scarab VFX mm -hmm. on the big screen, so much better. Yeah, it looks fucking great. Ninja Turtles doesn't look as good on the big screen, which yeah. is weird. I was just like, oh, that's odd. It was a little jarring because they, they tried to do the uh, Spider-Verse like yeah. animation effect where like everything is kind of like a little bit hazy and kind mm -hmm. of moving. Like that old like school sketched. like sketched, but also that old school like 3D look. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, it just it doesn't work. It doesn't look as great on the big screen. I'm hoping that as the progression goes on, like as time goes on, mm -hmm. that I will get used to it because I still want to go see it. Yeah. But I, I, I'm curious to see because also the only voices that you hear in that entire trailer are the Turtles and yeah. April. You don't hear Bebop and Rocksteady. You don't hear Splinter. You don't hear anybody else. I think yeah. I need to see like an actual like maybe a story trailer to really feel like eh, maybe he, he I should wait. I mean, you've heard one of them because it's just Seth Rogen. Like, Seth Rogen doesn't do voices. He just talks. That is true. That you is know? so true. And that is even more so a uh, minor spoiler for Mario. He does the laugh. Yeah. Uh, it oh, it nearly broke Juice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I just wasn't expecting it, man. Like, I wasn't expecting it. Like, I was just like, really, dude? Really? But it was. It was good still, but like I just his laugh is it's iconic as much yeah. you could hate Seth Rogen, but he has an iconic laugh. Um, but yeah, anyways, I at the end of the day, I'm glad James Gunn is self aware of what's going on because that's important to know 
when you're taking over a, a comic universe. If people are already starting to feel superhero fatigue, you need to know that. So now you're like, look, we need to put out movies that are different. We cannot put out just generic bullshit. And so I think that's what people want to see. And hopefully over time, that'll prove to be the right move. Um, but I mean, if there is superhero fatigue, what, what's the next superhero movie that we can judge this off of? His Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to kill it, though. It's a trilogy. People love it. Like, so, so it's it's that. And then after that, the next superhero genre movie will be The Flash. That's another one that you're yeah. kind of like, uh, those. But here's the thing, though. We we think that both of those movies will kill it. If there is genuine superhero fatigue, I think that in in the same way that Gunn is saying, like, oh, there needs to be more than just like beat him up stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that these two movies definitely have that, like yeah. have like the difference, like because we know there's gonna be an emotional story with Guardians. Mm-hmm. Like it's been shown all over the trailers. And then with the flash i think it's going to be a little groundbreaking for a lot of like casual dc film fans because of how big it is yeah so i think these two are kind of like the exceptions to the rule mm-hmm. when it comes to oh what's the next superhero movie that might have us fatigued it's, it's yeah. not going to be these two i think it has to be something else um which unfortunately would be blue beetle the idea is there nothing Marvel after Guardians? Um in theaters? Yeah. Um, I don't believe so. I'll double check. Wow. Um, because I think the next thing is of course Secret Invasion is in like yeah. Ju- June or July, That's a I believe. Show, it's Disney Plus. Yes, yeah, okay. Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess we'll find out. I mean, there's two big films coming out next. So if there is oh, superhero uh, the the Marvels, I believe, uh, which is like the Captain Marvel stuff. Oh uh, okay. um is that also on TV? No, this will be in theaters and it will be uh November 10th. Okay, so, so yeah, then... Blue Beetle will be the next one. And yeah. the the unfortunate thing, quote unquote unfortunate thing when it comes to super fatigue esque is that this is an origin film and a lot of people have already seen origins and they'll probably think, yeah. Oh, this is the same old, same old people. I, I already know people will see the, the bug, the scarab and be like, Oh, this is DC Spider-Man, whatever. Yeah. But I do think it's going to be unique enough for people to really dig it. I hope so. I'm hoping they get more, like if there's more references in it, cause I saw somebody on Twitter, they're like, Hey, I don't watch superhero movies or superhero stuff, but that's definitely a buster sword, right? Is there a reference to Final Fantasy VII in this movie? And I was like, I hope so. I mean, his around his age, he should be able to have that reference. But I did respond to them, and I'm like, more than likely it is, but there's no telling if they could actually say that in the movie because of copyright. Yeah. So, you know, they probably have to not say that and um, just to be able to use it because that, that scene does look pretty cool and looks clean as fuck. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But other than that, that is all we have, if I'm not mistaken. That is all we got for the podcast. Yep, that is you know? it. Yeah, Clay, what do you got going on this week, man? Well, this week, uh, there was a very polarizing review over at The Mandalorian on Star Wars Alliance. So go check that out. It is a beefy 
two hours of uh, conversation. We do have Star Wars Celebration predictions that are this week. By the time you're listening to this, uh, Star Wars Celebration has already begun in London. Um, so we should be getting announcements there. It's going to be very fun. And uh, yeah, that is about it. Speaking of Star Wars, I don't know if you saw what Augustus John posted in the general chat. Apparently where he lives, they launched the Space Force today. And these are legitimate photos and there's Star Wars people there. So uh, I forget where he's from. Maybe Germany. I don't know if he's from Germany. But yeah, I, I believe that. Uh... There's definitely words that I could not say on the buildings because the words are so long. Yeah, so, that's that's from Germany. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty crazy stuff, but uh, that looks kind of cool. But as for me, ladies and gentlemen, I am probably going to take a nap after this podcast while Clay is editing the audio because I am tired. And I'm also currently on a very strict diet for a test I'm doing, and I'm hungry. So hungry. Uh, so I'm just going to go sleep it off for now. <laughs> but uh yeah that's it i will be streaming on friday central standard time uh 6 p.m if you guys want to come hang out continuing resident evil 4 the remake which has been hella fun so uh definitely go check that out but that is going to be it for this podcast ladies and gentlemen as always he is fanboy clay i am juice wayne and remember batman is awesome batman.